Hi friends, it's Sandra Peoples and you are listening to Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. This is episode 85 and today we're talking about vocational callings for caregivers. So (laughs) we're talking about the jobs we have and the callings we have and how does that fit into our lives as caregivers. This is a conversation I've been having with friends a lot over the last few weeks, and so I thought it might just be fun for us to talk about too. Now, I'm going to warn you right off the bat that normally I write a script when I do a podcast, and today I'm not. Today I'm just kind of talking about things as they occur to me, and I did write down some notes and some verses and some quotes that I want to share But this might feel just a little more casual than our conversations usually feel. But I'm excited about that because it's an important topic. And maybe some of the things that we talk through together will kind of shine a light on how we feel and unravel even some complicated feelings about this. So let's jump in to talk about vocations and our callings and how God equips us to live all this out within the constraints of being a caregiver. So this discussion really started a couple of weeks ago in our house because our older son, David, uh, turned 16 and got a job. Now, I'll just tell you he got a job at Chick-fil-A because you can go on my Instagram and you can see him looking so handsome in his Chick-fil-A outfit. And the first week of work was kind of tough on him. And so we had a lot of conversations about what jobs are supposed, what role jobs are supposed to fill in our lives, especially first jobs. My first job was babysitting. (laughs) That's what I did in high school. And then when I was in college, I was an RA. So I lived in the dorm and took care of the girls. And then I had a job at an office for a little while that that really didn't fit me. But I had to pay the bills, right? There was money I needed to make in order to eat and pay for gas and do all of those things. And so we were talking to David about kind of what motivates him to go to work and and what the motivation should be for your first job when you're 16. And we say, well, once you get your first paycheck, you'll like your job a lot more. And that just wasn't a big enough motivator for him, which of course it's not, right? Because he's 16 and overall his material needs have been met by us. He If he goes out to eat with his friends, we slip him a 20, you know. So he hasn't felt like that lack of money on anything that's been super important to him. Uh, But now he's learning how to drive and car insurance. And But even one day he said, I don't know if driving is worth all of this. And of course, he is... So David is more emotionally driven than I am or my husband Lee is. And so it's very important to him that he feels like his job is important in the scheme of things, that he is using his gifts, using his skills, that he's making a difference for people. That is more motivating to him than a paycheck right now. And that just kind of got me thinking about being a caregiver, uh, being a wife and a mom and how there are seasons that getting a paycheck is the most important thing and there are seasons that 
feeling valued and feeling like we're contributing. That's the most important thing. I have multiple friends right now who are in their 40s who are going through significant life changes, and that is changing their vocation. So a few of them are going through divorces, and so they have to go back to work after decades of being home with the kids because they have to have financial resources. They just have to make money now that they're going through this divorce. I have a good friend who whose child spent some time uh, in a medical facility, and they have that bill to pay. And so these decisions about that we're kind of talking about with David and talking about in general conversations to say, well, what what excites you? What all that? For some of us, it really is the paycheck. That matters the most in the season that we're in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it doesn't make our work less valuable and it doesn't make us less motivated. I mean, we have to make a certain amount of money in order to live the way we need to live. And and I think there's a big challenge on caregiving moms, especially because we are limited in how many hours we can work away from home in certain seasons. If something happens with James at school, I have to be available to go pick him up really at a moment's notice. And my husband Lee is a pastor, and so his job is flexible to an extent, but there's also things that can't be changed. Like if he has a funeral, Everything else has to stop so that he can serve that family. So traditionally, I mean, since James's diagnosis, I have primarily been at home not working a job that pays money. <laughs> or if I am working a job that pays money, it, it's very, very part time. The job I have right now, I work for my state convention as the special needs ministry consultant. It is part part time like my boss is part time and I work even fewer hours than she does and that has kind of been the pattern for the last few years now of course I I do things like this podcast that take time but don't make money <laughs> I feel like that's still part of my vocation part of what I do but the value in it is a little bit different because if there's a week that things get really hectic the podcast is one of the things that can be flexible because nobody is, re- I, I'm not getting paid to do this. And so we're not relying on any compensation for this time. And so sometimes something like the podcast or sending out an email or being super active in our Facebook group, all of those things kind of have to take a back seat in certain seasons. Even if that season is just a week of being busy with other things. Uh, there's kind of a hierarchy of how I can spend my time and the people who pay me have to get the best of my time so that I'm serving them faithfully. And of course, because we are abiding caregivers, because we value the Christian calling in all of this, and because we want to honor God, there's that part of it for us as we're talking about vocation. And so what what was I created to do? How, how did God form me? What talents and abilities did he give me? And then what opportunities do I have to live that out so that he gets glory and I feel satisfied in what I'm doing? And so those are parts of our vocational calling. I was talking to a friend who has a daughter 
in college and they were talking about this decisions coming next and and you know one of the things they talked about was well what brings you joy and my friend and I were like well that's kind of a question of privilege right like not everybody when they're looking at the job they want to have gets to ask what brings me joy because sometimes the more important question is what brings the paycheck or what is gives me flexible hours or what can I do in this location because this is where I live and I can't move? But there is also seasons where you can say, what brings me joy? And how can I feel more fulfilled in a vocation, in a job, or even in a hobby so that I, I do feel that sense of purpose? You know, like that from that Chariots of Fire movie um, where the runner Eric says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure uh, because that's what he was created to do and how he fulfills that. Uh, and and so I certainly want that to be part of this discussion on vocation is what do you, what brings you joy and what makes you feel like you were created to do this. But then, of course, I'm dropping my teenager off at his fast food restaurant job and I'm having to help him find what could bring him joy for the next few hours while he's there. So could it be putting a smile on somebody's face? Could it be knowing that you are contributing to having a bathroom that's clean enough (laughs) that people enjoy coming into your restaurant because they know that they're safe there? So it's just really interesting, all of these tangents of the same conversation about vocation and and I think part of it is a lot of us are having pandemic pivots where we're going back to school or we're changing jobs and so we are thinking about all of this and what it means for our souls and for the people around us that we are called to care for. So I looked at uh, Tim Chalice is one of my favorite writers, and, and he wrote a little bit on vocation. And so he said there's essentially like three circles. Um, the first one is being, what I am. The second one is calling, what I am called to do. And the third one is passions, what I love and pursue. And he says your being is placed by God, your calling is compelled by God, and your passions are gifted by God. So the goal is for all of those things to intersect and become our vocation, but there are seasons when some of those are a little bit stronger than others. And so I think about the roles that I have, what I am or who I am. I am a mom, a wife, a caregiver, And so my time is limited. And so the vocations that I can say yes to are limited by who I am and the roles that I fulfill. And then, of course, calling. What am I called to do? What what desire has God put on my heart? A lot of it comes down to doing good and bringing glory to God. That's no matter what we do, whether it is considered secular or sacred, we want to be a light For those around us, we want to honor God in what we do. And so that is a reason to get up and go to work. It's a reason for me to get up and turn on the computer. It's a reason for my husband 
to walk into his office at the church. It's a reason for David to hop out of the car and head into his shift at Chick-fil-A because this is what we're called to do in this season and the opportunities that God has provided. And then, of course, there's our passions. There's what we love to do and what we feel gifted to do. And sometimes that lines up with what our vocation is. And then other times it doesn't. Uh, If you are primarily doing a job because you need a certain amount of income, and like we said, that's a legitimate reason. And we're in that season. All of us are in that season at certain times. But you may have to find another outlet for your passion, the things that make you feel joyful, uh, that they may not be part of your nine to five (laughs) vocation. It may be part of what you do on the weekends. And that doesn't mean that you don't find joy in what you do in your job. It just may be this, it just feels maybe more utilitarian, more purposeful in meeting the goals that you have. And then you know that your whole identity isn't what you do. There's other opportunities for you to use your gifts and fill joy and be fulfilled through other things that may not even 100% be tied to your vocation. Because like we talked about, there's privilege in doing a job that brings you joy. So it's just really interesting to think through all of the reasons we get jobs, all of the job opportunities we have, all the limitations that we have on our job opportunities and how that changes so much in different seasons. I've, I've talked about how I am trying to go back to school. I, I don't know that they're going to accept me. I really don't. One of the things they factor in is the GPA from my master's degree. And because when I was getting my master's degree, I was also marrying Lee and then a couple years later having David, and then when I graduated, was pregnant with James, my GPA isn't as high as it would have been if I weren't doing all of those things. And so now that's one of the factors that's going into this next stage for me. And that could be the decision maker. Like it literally could come down to you don't meet the GPA qualification. And so this opportunity is not the right fit for you. So what I have to think through is, what am I called to do? What do, I, what do I feel God is calling me to do? And for me in this season right now, it is teach and specifically teach other people how to do disability ministry. And so that would mean a job at a college or a seminary so that I am teaching classes to children's ministers and youth ministers who will one day be serving churches because I want them to be inclusive of families like mine. So that's the calling. The best way to do that would be for me to get a get this degree, get this PhD or, or a doctorate of education, and then the doors would be open to me to teach at a college or seminary. But <laughs> there's that limitation of the GPA. And so uh, how can I still fulfill the calling I have, which I feel like is to teach and and educate people about disability ministry, whether I am able to get this degree or not. And it may come down to, I just, I can't spend the next three to five years in school costing money instead of making money because the boys are 16 and 14. And so you think, How many changes are going to come for them in the next three to five years? And so is it worth the time investment and the financial investment? 
that we'll be putting into it in order to get this probable outcome, uh, this maybe job. Like I, I don't envision this position ever being like a full-time position. I, I don't think seminaries or colleges are ready to offer degrees in disability ministry, but I was kind of hoping I could teach a class here, teach a class there, and, and put enough of those little things together. But if it doesn't work out, does that mean my calling is wrong? Or does that mean that that door is closed? Or does that mean that um, I was wrong in, in interpreting what God is calling me to? And the truth is that I can do what God has called me to do, even if it's not in the way that I feel like would be the easiest to do it. And so like right now, I teach a disability ministry cohort through Gospel-Centered Family. And so people can sign up and we spend the semester together and I am teaching them how to do special needs ministry, even though it's not in a formal setting like a seminary or a college, but I'm still getting to do it. And then, of course, through my part-time job for the state convention, I am helping churches, teaching them how to do disability ministry. And so all of that is fulfilling and helpful. It just feels like a lot of hustle, uh, which is what writing and podcasting and all of that always feels like. You continue to have to create opportunities for yourself to make money and try not to cost your family money. Like this podcast cost our family money because I have to pay for hosting and I have to pay for the website and I have to pay for all those things. And so there's certainly a balance in what you cost your your family, what you make for your family, and then how that all works together to push ahead the goals that you have for yourself and the goals that God has for you. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I just feel like, especially those of us who are, I don't know, 35 and over or just in this season, I guess maybe once your kids are pretty solidly, they're all um, in school or in a good school routine, even if that's being homeschooled and having therapy that, that you kind of look at other opportunities and you you think, what does God have for me in this season that I'm in? And, and think through how that could benefit your soul and how that could benefit your family and how that could benefit the financial goals that you have for your family, especially for us potentially being never empty nesters. We, we need to save what we can and invest what we can to make life with James easier in the decades to come. So just a lot to think through. And I wonder if you're kind of in a position of thinking through it as well. And so I just kind of wanted to talk out loud about all the things that I'm thinking in my head and talking about with friends and how that all kind of synthesizes in the stage that we're in of vocation and calling and honoring God with what we do. So the good news is the verse that I keep repeating to myself and thinking about. It's one of my favorites. It's Ephesians 2.10. And it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so if you, like me, and like so many of my friends, are in a season of transition vocationally, if you're trying to figure out what God has called you to and what God has equipped you to do and and how that 
benefits you and the people around you. Just remember that God prepared beforehand the path that you are walking and you just have to take the next step. And and so don't feel too much pressure. Don't feel the stress or the anxiety of getting it wrong or getting it right. Just follow the next step. Do the next thing. Continue to pray for wisdom and guidance. Know that I am cheering you on, that Lauren is cheering you on, that our friend Christy, who edits these podcasts and and hears all of these words before you hear them, she's cheering you on because the three of us are all thinking through this ourselves and figuring it out and, and hoping that God gives you peace and wisdom as you pursue your vocational calling and as you pursue maybe an interesting hobby, uh, the right amount of money, or whatever the motivator is for you in this season. So let me pray as we close our time together. God, thank you so much for giving us a purpose. Uh, You created us with skills and abilities and passions and interests, and all of those come together to make us who we are. And then you fashion these opportunities that we fit into. And that is such a gift, God, that that working, that feeling valued and feeling like what we do is valuable is important to who we are as, as your creation. Um, and so I just thank you for the opportunities that I have had over the years to do some jobs that I've loved and some jobs that I've tolerated, <laughs> but each one was for a purpose and each one brought me to where I am now. And you have been with me every step of the way and you will continue to be as I make decisions about what my next steps will be and as the people listening make their own decisions about what is coming next for them, whether that is something they are looking forward to or if it's something that they know is necessary but aren't sure that they're really going to enjoy. God, I just pray that that you would work in them and that you, like I ask you to do for David, that you would give them a sense of purpose for the job that they go into each day, that they would find an opportunity to honor you, to bring glory to you, to share your light wherever they are. We just thank you for the callings that you put on our lives and even the limitations that are on our lives because we know that it all brings glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, friends, I hope that you listened to Lauren's episode last week on caregiver burnout. It was a really important one and something that I am really experiencing probably in what has been our hardest season of special needs parenting. And so I I really felt a lot of empathy for Lauren and what she went through. And it just made me feel less alone in what I am going through. And so no that we continue to pray for you and continue to hold you close as we know this is such a challenging season for so many of us. And and we hope that when you spend time with us like you did today or like you did last week with Lauren, that, um, that it brings you joy. So we hope to be back with you next week. Know that you can find us anytime in our Abiding Caregiver Facebook group. 
over 2,000 caregiving moms and wives in there, encouraging each other, praying for each other, and just sharing how to make life easier. Um, We hope that you have a wonderful week and that you continue to abide in Him.